How are humans different from other animals, other mammals, monkeys? And if we build a conscious computer, how would humans be different from that? Today, we discuss whether or not computers can be implanted into our brains. And then moving forward, does humanity need a redefinition? Do we need to come up with a better definition of what it means to be human in this new age of automation and artificial intelligence? We're diving back into the fourth age. Let's get started. We've spent the past couple episodes talking about whether or not conscious computers can be built, whether it's possible, and what the transition will look like building up to the conscious computer. Today, let's flip the script and talk about whether or not we can put computers inside of our brain to augment our mental capacity. Elon Musk thinks this is the way forward, and he advocates a solution uh, where we create a neural lace for our brains, and that would be a way to directly sync our brains with the digital world. In his words, the solution that seems the best is to have an AI layer added to your brain that can work well and symbiotically with you. Just as your cortex works symbiotically with your limbic system, your third digital layer could work symbiotically with you. What Musk is proposing here is way beyond brain prosthetics. This is talking about having your thoughts commingling with digital ones. The author Yuval Noah Harari, he speculates on what to expect by saying, when brains and computers interact directly, that's it. That's the end of history. That's the end of biology as we know it. Nobody has a clue what will happen once you solve this. We have no way of even starting to imagine what happens beyond that. And one more expert, Steven Pinker, sums up some of the difficulties that arise with this. Brains are oatmeal soft, and they float around in our skulls, reacting poorly to being invaded, and they suffer from inflammation around foreign objects. Neurobiologists haven't the slightest idea how to decode the billions of synapses that underline a coherent thought to say nothing of manipulating them. So there are a couple breakthroughs that need to happen in order for this merging of brain and machine to occur. The first thing that needs to happen is that a computer has to be able to read a human thought. Second, a computer has to be able to write a thought back to the brain. And third, um, a computer has to be able to do both one and two, has to be able to both read and write thoughts at speeds substantially faster than we're presently accustomed to. But if we can get all three of those, then we can join with computers and that'll make a cosmic level of difference. In a world where we do merge with computers, Ray Kurzweil, he thinks uh, that we're gonna become this hybrid of biological and non-biological process. And he even puts a date on it. He says that in the 2030s, we're going to connect directly from the neocortex to the cloud. When I need a few thousand computers, I can access that wirelessly. You can think about really having us connect to the internet. When you think, I need 3,000 virtual computers, all of those can automatically spin up from AWS or Google Cloud Platform just by you thinking about them. You can have those resources. And now there's a fourth thing, a fourth breakthrough that could happen. And let's say this, one, this one's going to be a massive deal. Because if we were able to build a conscious computer and take that conscious computer and implant it into our brains, this would connect a machine and then we would utilize it to augment our own cognitive abilities. This would upgrade our reasoning ability and it would improve it by orders of magnitude. Or maybe it would be better to say that something that is superhuman lives inside of you and controls your body 
If that's the case, there may no longer be any you in a meaningful sense. If that direct of a connection with the conscious computer has it running all of your, your thoughts and lives, these are thoughts that are purely hypothetical, but stuff that we want to consider as we're moving forward, thinking about how we want computers to interact with our brains. The definition of humanity. For the longest time, humans were thought to be different from animals in that we use tools. And then in the 1960s, Jane Goodall observed that chimps use tools. And she excitedly sent the message to Louis Leakey, telling him the news. And he famously replied, Now we must redefine tool, redefine man, or accept chimpanzees as man. And it turned out that he was right. And the choice we made was to redefine what it meant to be humans. Now if we build a conscious computer, we're going to face a similar quandary again, where all of the definitions we've used to define humanity may be embodied into a single computer, and we're going to have to figure out a different way to separate ourselves from that, and us from a them, and us from an it. We're going to need to redefine what it means to be human. Wait, 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 but computers are made of a totally different thing from humans. Why would we even compare them? That's a good question because humans have never really defined themselves by biology. We've defined ourselves by the ability to do things. Tool using, use of language, use of symbolic language, capacity for art, belief in justice, possessing a mind, able to reason, laughing, having a culture, having an end goal, morality. Each of these things are behaviors that humans possess that we have used to separate ourselves from the other things that exist in this world, to say, Humans are the pinnacle. We have all of these behaviors and nobody else is able to do these things. Well, a conscious computer could do them all. So put a conscious computer on the left and a human on the right and try to find a basis to define humans as something different from what we created. Sure, it's going, sure we're, we're carbon-based and a computer is silicon-based, but how does that really matter in a metaphysical sense? Is that really what we want to wrap our uniqueness as human beings in? that when you compress our bodies down, you can build a diamond, but a computer, when you compress it down, the best you can make is glass. Is that really the best we can do? If we have to retreat there, we're saying that there's really nothing distinctive about our abilities or behaviors. Humanity will be redefined away from being a tool using, higher reasoning, creative life form to just a specific physical form. One key trait of being human is that we act humanely. Think about that for a sec. We made up a word that encapsulates empathy and kindness, and that's us. Of course, it's aspirational because uh, we're the only species that can also act inhumanely. But what happens when artificial general intelligence begins acting humanely, when computers start to encapsulate empathy and kindness? Well, guess who's coming to dinner this time because humans and computers just may be defined as the same thing once that happens. That might sound foolish, might sound comical to you, and for the time being, we're definitely, we're probably not going to see anything like that, at least not for some numbers of generations. Because if you see something and that thing is a machine, then you're going to mentally lump it with the category that includes vacuums and pocket calculators, not the same category that you're grouping Antana and your kids in. And while that may give us some amount of respect as an entity, and we may even say that those computers are alive. 
My guess is that we won't say that computers are human, even if it looks, talks, thinks, and feels like one. We'll find some way to define the separation between the two. Tomorrow we wrap up the fourth age. So join me tomorrow as we discuss the road ahead, what the fourth age is going to look like on our day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. <laughs>